All right, Avalanche fans, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you may be listening. And thank you for joining the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. Another day, another day of no hockey. And we're going to be saying that, as far as I can tell, maybe until next season. We talked about it yesterday. And it just seems the way of the world is heading in the direction of this is going to be a long, long haul. And even Major League Baseball has pushed back the start of their opening day pretty much indefinitely. I think they initially had said two weeks. So you got like a uh, kind of like a finite date on them. And when they go from that to indefinitely and we don't know uh that just doesn't that doesn't sit well for anything so i think we need to strap in and kind of prepare for the worst but we will talk about a possible playoff scenario which the nhl is floating around out there we'll talk about that uh the nhl website put up a frequently asked question segment and we'll kind of look at those we'll, we'll look at those questions and the answers given by the league and then I'll pretty much say what they meant by that because they they give like the not not, not the expected answer but the 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 gauged answer like the answer that you kind of know is coming uh and I'll kind of just give you the flat out truth in that answer so we'll look at that and I also put up a uh, a poll question um, which we're going to do every day. So we're, we're going to start with that. Also, I am going to get into the the salary, salary cap situation with the Colorado Avalanche heading into next year and look at who are the restricted free agents, who are the unrestricted free agents, who's due for a pay increase, and that's a fluid situation. So we'll probably talk about that a couple times, but for right now we're just going to look at the roster as a whole and kind of break that down and see what uh, – what players might get a little bit of a bump in pay and what players maybe they'll just set free. So before we get to all of that, follow the show on social media, follow on uh, Twitter. We'll start with Twitter. Like we always do L O P N underscore avalanche. Follow on Instagram, search for locked on avalanche and send questions, comments, concerns, opinions. If you're angry that the season is suspended and probably canceled, if you want to be on the Fandom Friday segment, which we will have again this Friday, send all of that to LockdownAvalanche at gmail.com. And don't forget, tonight uh, I'm doing the, the simulated season. We're going to finish out the season in simulation mode on NHL 20. Tonight is sh- Sharks and Avalanche. So this will be the third game that um, I've simulated. They're going to be at 9 o'clock at night. Um, I'll post the link to it at... I think 845 is good. I did 830 the other day and that was that was not necessary. So 845 will post a link on um all everything, Twitter, Instagram. Um and you can follow that. So the first two games Avalanche lost in overtime to the Canucks. In the second game they lost in regulation to Vegas. So I think a uh, a regulation win is in order. I might switch. I love the because I can play coach. I might switch up the goalies. I think I might give Grubauer a break. What do you think? 
Uh, so we'll see. I think I might put Francois in for the start on this one. So that'll be 9 o'clock tonight. Really fun. It takes about a half hour. I don't sim the game for an actual game mode, so it won't take up all your night. So pretty fun. So the, I'm going to do a poll question on Twitter every day until I get through all the awards. Uh, and pretty much taking the the NHL awards and pretty much just throwing them out there for Avalanche players only. So I posted the first one. We started with the Frank Selke Award, which is awarded to the, the best forward who excels in the defensive aspect of the game. And it's pretty much open to the entire roster. But Twitter only lets me post four players in, in a poll. So I just put up Landis Gog, Kadri, Belmar, and Donskoy in the poll. And uh, Nachuskin is getting a lot of, I guess you could say, write-in votes. <laughs> There's no other way to really say it. Uh, but it's kind of across the board. Now Landis has got some votes. Kadri does. Belmar. Donskoy doesn't have anything right now. But um, a lot of Nachuskin. I don't see anybody other than him in the comments about about that. So, I mean, this I just posted this a couple hours ago. So this will run all day long until about 8 o'clock at night. And then I'll put up another one. I haven't decided which one I'm going to do for tomorrow. But uh, go there, check it out, put your vote up. And, and the winner will be just strict fan voting. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to be the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And if you follow the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, they have this big voting thing where they put out like 12 or 15 artists and bands that you can vote on. And it means absolutely nothing the band that usually wins that i know last year i think it was like the dave matthews band won the fan voting and didn't matter because they didn't get in so how much weight does it really have it's just a way for fans to interact and i get that but i'm not going to do that this is completely up to you guys and whoever is the top vote getter for that particular award gets it for the Colorado Avalanche. I think we all know how the Hart Trophy is going to go, but we'll save that one to the end because that's the, the best one. And we'll kind of go through through these one at a time. So Frank Selke Award is the first one up, and votes going all over the place right now. So definitely take part in that. All right. It's been revealed that the NHL was looking into or considering a 24-team playoff if they were able to salvage the season and not necessarily the regular season, because this isn't just a number where they just throw out there and say like, all right, let's just move the playoffs to 12 teams on each side. It's actually because there are 12 teams on each side, which are not eliminated. So any team that's mathematically in the playoff hunt would get in in this this new 2014 playoff format how would those teams those teams that are just getting in would they be one-off games that i don't know but teams like uh i was looking at this article uh the canadians would get in they have a 0.1 percent chance of getting in they would get in because they are technically mathematically in it the Blackhawks would get in. They have a 2.5% chance, the way the current standings are, of getting in. They would get in. And not only would they get in, that would mean every single team in the Central Division would get in this playoff format. 
technically making that the first time in history an entire division got into the playoffs. And I know the West is is not where it was in the past, and the East is kind of like the the top dog, I would say, in terms of top to bottom. But the Central Division is still as relevant as any division in hockey, and that goes to show you that this late in the season, every single team is still in the playoff hunt. Do they have a long shot? Absolutely. But by this this deal, by this format, teams like that would get in. Um, I, I can't, you know, you you would have to shorten this up. So it might be those those teams would get. Uh, those teams that are just getting in are going to play each other, and it's probably I can't imagine they would even do a three-game series. Probably just a one-game series. If you advance, you go on. And this just speaks to the parity in hockey. A team like the Blackhawks, who are just getting in, I don't know who they would play, but they're going to play a team that has better odds than they do, and it's it's one game, and they beat them. They move on. I think it's kind of cool. <laughs> I think uh, I think the the top three. Division winners all get buys, so the Avalanche would get a buy, maybe for the first couple rounds. I would have to believe, uh, but either way that this works out, I think it's I think it's cool. I think this kind of would just go to show you how there's going to be those upsets if this, if this happens. I don't think this is going to happen. I think the season is done. Uh, but this would just go to show you on a one game playoff in hockey how anything could happen. And if it were to happen, I could almost guarantee you something like this, like the Blackhawks would take a game and really annoy a lot of people. (laughs) But uh, again, it's just one of those things that we'll have to see how it pans out. I don't see it happening, but man, that would be good bragging rights to, to be the only division in history to have every single team make the playoffs. So if the season is over, technically we are in the off season and that's all something else that is going to have to be ironed out as well in terms of the free agency period. Does that start when it's supposed to start? What do they do with the draft? We don't have the answers to that, but what we do know is how the avalanche stand salary cap wise and the players that are under contract and players that are coming off of contract. And I figured we would just kind of go through some names and, and, and kind of surmise if a, a player might be back or if they will be let go. Um, and the Avs are in pretty good shape. As far as draft picks go, this year, they, they this is the, the one year, and I can see the next three years, um, the 2020 draft is the first is the is the worst year for them in draft. They do have a first rounder. They do not have a second rounder or a third rounder, um, and they do not have a sixth rounder. So they only have four picks out of the seven rounds. Obviously, like, trades can happen and stuff like that. The following years, they have all their picks, with the exception in 2021, the fourth round pick is gone, which that's the one they got for Nemetsnikov. In terms of contracts, I guess we'll go through the restricted free agents first. Uh, Burkowski is a restricted free agent with arbitration available to him. Uh, Tyson Jost, restricted. Nachuskin and Kamenev are both restricted with arbitration eligibility. So 
I I don't see them keeping Kamenev much. I, I just don't feel like he's meshing well with this unit. I, I think he has a lot of talent, a lot of capabilities, but I just see them moving on from him. Val Nichushkin will get a pay increase. He is making $850,000 during this season. He will get an increase. I think it's a great thing that he's restricted because teams would be banging down his door to get him, and they can still do that, being a restricted free agent. Um, but I, I think he's happy. I think he found that team uh, that gave him a chance, and I think the, the feeling is mutual between the, these two parties where the Avalanche signed him, gave him a chance, He's grateful for the chance that they they gave him. I think he re-ups for a few-year contract. He'll probably get bumped over the million-dollar, easily get bumped over the million-dollar threshold. He's at 850000 right now, so he's going to get an increase. Tyson Jost, restricted. I think they keep him. If they're, if they're not going to – they didn't really put him up for trade, uh, and it didn't sound like for um, – Joe Sackick, that it was even a thought. I think they bring him back. That'll be interesting to see what his his value is contract wise, because he hasn't proven anything. So is this kind of like a Nathan McKinnon thing? I'm not comparing him to Nathan McKinnon. Calm down. All I'm saying is Nathan McKinnon earned the contract that he has right now up until that that time he put pen to paper. He has outplayed that since he signed that contract, but is this the same thing? Is Tyson Jost, does he sign a new deal that's that's for what his value is right now? And then does he have a Nathan McKinnon increase where his next contract is a little bit more lucrative to him? We'll see. On the defensive side, Zadorov, he's restricted uh, and he has arbitration. Ryan Graves is restricted with arbitration. And you just know Graves is getting an increase. Zadorov is at $3.2 million right now. And, you know, it's he's been talked about a lot this year for all of the reasons. Not all the right reasons or all the wrong reasons because they've been both. Do the Avalanche cut ties with him? He's 3.2 against the cap. Right now you're at Graves with 735 he Graves will get an increase and you know, the avalanche will give it to him. And then with all the defenders that the avalanche have waiting in the wings, do they save some money there by letting go of Nikita Zadorov? I think that's going to happen. So we, we shall see as terms of unrestricted free agents. Uh, Vlad Nemetsnikov is unrestricted in that trade. Be interesting to see what they do. I think they do want him back. Uh, I think he, I, he, you know, he might test the market, but he landed in a good situation, and it's just a shame that this season couldn't play out, because if they had gone deep in the playoffs and possibly won the cup, that's a big selling point on to bring somebody back. So, who knows what's in his mind right now? But uh, for the couple games that we had him, he he did well. Seemed like he fit right in. So I do think that they're going to try to sign him right now. He's at three point two five million. Might be in that same ballpark. I don't see him getting much more than that uh, going forward. Matt Nieto is unrestricted. That'll be interesting. I, th- I think the Avalanche like Matt Nieto, and he's at 1.975 per year. I think they could swing that. I think they'd be happy with that. Uh, Mark Barbario is unrestricted. 
uh, almost 1.5 million for him. I think they keep him around. I think they like his speed. I think they like his ability. He can pretty much play anywhere. It's kind of like a utility player, but I think they like him. Uh, they do have Ken- Kevin Connaughton, who is unrestricted. It's tough to say on him. I can't. I can't really make heads or tails of him. Colin Wilson, however, is unrestricted, and pretty much a lost season for him. So I think they do want to bring him back. He's at two point six right now. Um. So, I, I, Joe Sakic didn't make trades for a reason because he likes this team. So I would have to believe he's going to want to bring back as many of these guys as possible because he likes the dynamic between them. So I think guys like Colin Wilson, even though they were injured, are going to get another shot to come back. I think I think they like Barbario. I think they like Nieto. I think they like Nemetsnikov. They, obviously, they like them because they went and traded for him. The one that just sticks out to you and the one that everybody's going to be watching is Nikita Zadorov. So you do have also some dead money coming off with Tyson Berry. You still you paid two point seven five million of his contract and the Brooks Orpic trade. That his one point five million is coming off the books as well. So you're saving a little bit of money there. They're they're in good shape cap wise. So I don't think there's gonna be any of these players that are cap casualties, as they like to say. But it will the the Zadorov one will be very, very interesting. And I don't think they're gonna get rid of him and use that money towards a big splash that money coupled with the money that they have open in the salary in, in their salary cap because i think they're just happy with what they have they built up the the system they'll they'll do what they do plug in pieces here and there uh, but every off season is interesting and and some guys surprise you on on staying or going but i think it's between zadorov and nemetsnikov on uh, the two guys that could be gone, uh, one because with Zadorov he's just not working apparently, and the other with Nemetsikov is because you never know where those trade guys have in mind. When they hit the unrestricted free agent market, that's their one chance to make a big deal, and this might be it for Nemetsikov. I mean, he's 27 years old. I don't know when his birthday is, so he's going to be 27, 28 years old. So this is it for him. This is him to get as much money as he wants. So is it the big money? Or is it the championship? And if you can get both of those in Colorado, I think he stays. But we shall see. All right. So on NHL.com, they have a frequently asked questions segment that was put up a couple days ago. I think on March 14th, they've updated it because some of these answers, well, one of them has been updated since then. And it's not like a, a question and answer where it's like Gary Bettman's words verbatim. It's just kind of uh, they, they've taken the, the grand gist of his words and, and just put them to an answer. Um, and you, you can kind of tell they don't want to give you too much information, mainly because they don't know. And they're kind of just giving you the, the you know, round uh, best answer I can give type of quote. So... Like, for example, first question, when can we expect the season to resume? And they say, Commissioner Bettman has said the NHL will resume when it's prudent and safe to start back up. The league is taking its guidance from the matter from local, state, and federal authorities who are in constant contact with medical personnel. That means they don't know. Prudent and safe to start back up. 
uh, is another word f- or another phrase for we have no idea. And that's pretty much where every sport is at this point in time. Have any players tested positive for the coronavirus? There are no current document pos- documented positive tests from the NHL player community. Commissioner Bettman and Deputy Commissioner Daly said any player exhibiting sim- symptoms should be tested. There is no need to implement mandatory testing for all players, he said. To which I say, why? Why Why, are you, why is it not mandatory? I mean, I guess it's not mandatory just to make every single player. If you are experiencing, experiencing symptoms, then sure, go be tested. And that's kind of what they're saying here, but they don't have anything in place to say it's mandatory. I think if you are coming back to a date where you know that you might be playing, I would think you would want everybody to be tested just to be on the safe side. Because if you have one player that tests positive, why play? You can't play. So right now I get it that you don't need mandatory testing. Wait for symptoms to arise. But if you are coming back into play, I would want to err on the side of caution and just say everybody's taking a test. Uh, Where are the NHL players expected to remain during this pause? And this is something that they just updated yesterday. The league announced new guidelines for players on March 16th. Effective immediately, players can opt to return home outside of the club's home city, including outside of North America, to the extent that flights are available. Self-quarantine period should continue within the player's home through and including Friday, March 27th, unless a longer period may be required in accordance with local mandates relative to travel. Players should continue to report immediately any symptoms, like we said before. So it's interesting that they that they did this. Like, why say that you can go home if on March 27th we might need to quarantine or there's still no travel ban at that point in time? I guess it's just maybe peace of mind to let these guys know that, okay, if, if by this date everything seems okay and, and, and travel is is something that can be done, because they're saying including outside of North America to the extent flights are available. I mean, we're, we are not letting anybody into this country for 30 days. So I don't know. Have the flights going out changed? I haven't really even looked up on that. But just odd that they would say that not knowing what's going to happen on March 27th. But could be more of a peace of mind thing. Uh, they ask about injured players. And they say the basic, you know, injured players should report to their team's medical staff if they're feeling any symptoms. Are players to work out, allowed to work out <clears throat> and train at team facilities? All practices, workouts, and team meetings have also been put on pause. Commissioner Daly said the league hopes players will be allowed to return to their team facilities to work out and skate on a voluntary basis in small groups in the near future. I don't think that's going to happen in the near future. Uh, there's no timetable for when that team will become available of when that option will become available to the players. Exactly. So why say it? Of course you are going to allow them go to go back to play in their facilities and practice in their facilities when the time is allowed. But there's no timetable on that. So just let it go. Um, until facilities reopen, players are encouraged to work out at home or outside, but not at public gyms. That's without, you know, goes without saying. Uh, will the players be paid? Yes, they will be paid for the rest of the paid for the rest of the season. They only had three paydays left, and they are going to get paid. Could the Stanley Cup be awarded after June? Commissioner Bettman said the league does not have a set date when the Stanley Cup must be 
awarded. Okay, so we'll we'll see on that. What should fans do if they have tickets? You know, that's up to the team and the fans, or if you bought them through Ticketmaster or StubHub. Uh, okay, so what return to play options are the NHL considering? Commissioner Bettman said the league is analyzing, quote, every conceivable alternative, but without a timetable for when the season could resume, it's hard to determine what the best course of action could be. He has said an internal task force of senior NHL executives who are meeting twice daily to go over every option. The league is in touch with the Players Association. Okay, great. You are analyzing, quote, every conceivable alternative. The very next question. Could the season resume with games in buildings that are closed to the general public? And the answer is Commissioner Bettman said it was way too early to speculate on this topic. But you can give an answer if you're coming up, if you're analyzing every conceivable alternative, then that's got to be one of the alternatives is resuming the season in buildings with no fans. But whatever, this is the NHL doing NHL things. Uh, And then will the 2020-2021 NHL season be impacted if this season extends into summer? And Commissioner Bettman said the league envisions a full and normal 2020-2021 season. How the hell do you say? 2020-2021 season. There we go. Which, that I agree with. I don't think you want to sacrifice next year just to get this season in. This the, The end of this is just chaotic and it's a mess. And it's not gonna it, it, it's not going to end well, and I don't want to see something crammed in, and not given it's it's like not see teams given their their fair due. If you can do this, where you can have like an honest playoff, and I think that twenty four game twenty four team thing in the beginning, while it would be fun for a season to witness it, it'll be it'll be a disaster. That'll be just I think just chaos. And I don't want to see just a, a mashup of things just to cram as much as we can in and to get a playoff in that's just chaotic and, and you know, a Stanley Cup final that just doesn't feel like a Stanley Cup final because we're just rushing to get it in. And then it, it, and then it impedes on next season. If we can't do it this year, just... Be like frozen and let it go. You know, I, I just, I, I want it to happen more than anybody or just as much as anybody, especially with the season the Avalanche have had. But I don't want to force it either. And it seems like at this point, every day you turn on the news, it's just like something more horrific. We have not got to the point where we've reached that peak and we're coming down the other side of the mountain where things seem like they're getting better. We have not got there yet. And until we get there, I don't think we really can have a conversation of speculating at all of when we might be back into play. So it's what it is right now. Nothing we can do about it, folks, except listen to podcasts like this. So I appreciate everybody tuning in for today. We will be back again tomorrow with another poll question, kind of uh, give the 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 winner of the Frank Selkie Award, according to you people, the fans. And got a couple other things up the sleeve that we might talk about as well. There's a big anniversary date coming up in a little bit. Uh, It's big every year for Avalanche fans so and Red Wing fans. So we'll kind of talk about that. That's a few days away. But that is what it is. 
But for now, it's going to be it. Enjoy the game tonight on the YouTube stream, which I will post the link to tonight. Hopefully the Az can get two points, get to 95 points on the season. Playoffs are approaching, and you better believe I'm going to simulate those as well. So that's going to be it for today, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining me. That's going to be it for the Locked On Avalanche podcast. And make sure you go to the Locked On NHL podcast for a, a uh, all-encompassing league-wide podcast of everything that's going on with the league and this whole coronavirus stuff. So definitely check out Locked On NHL. So we'll see you guys tomorrow. Here is Jovi. Go, Abs, go! Go!